1: August can be a strange month. On one hand, it's the dog days when everything slows down. Congress goes on recess. People take vacations. On the other hand, kids head back to school and in campaign cycles like the one we're in now, it's peak political primary. I have always liked August. It's kind of a weird anomaly in the calendar, but I also feel the pressure that there's a lot going on. And Anyway, are we kind of kidding ourselves that August is different than any other month? We all have jobs. We're all trying to get shit done, especially if you work in politics or in Washington. With us to discuss is Brandon Weatherby, founder of Recommend If You Like magazine and the host of the long-running podcast, You, Me, Them, Everybody. Brandon, welcome back to Political Theater. Thank you for having me. So uh, I realize that this is, uh, in in itself, this is a weird topic maybe uh, because... You know, August is this strange animal, at least for political journalists, people who work in Washington. But it was interesting, you know, President Biden, he had been sort of sequestered in the White House for a while with a, a positive COVID test. He had a, a rebound infection, which is, you know, apparently increasingly common for people who take like Paxlovid and, and the antiviral stuff. Uh, he finally got out. He went almost immediately down to South Carolina uh, for a, a vacation. You know, the sort of this is a, a common thing with presidents. You know, President Obama went to, uh, you know, Hawaii frequently. You know, the Clintons went to Martha's Vineyard. Of course, Trump has both Bedminster and, and Mar-a-Lago. He can bounce between Bedminster is more of the July place. So, uh, I mean, is it is August different? <laughs> because yes. I mean, we, st- we still have jobs. We still have to do them. But what's what is what may what is it what accounts for this feeling?
0: It's calmer.
1: It's way calm.
0: It's way better in Washington, D.C., at least. And that's the city I've been in the last few years. So, yeah, it's markedly different here than probably anywhere else in the country. And there's literally no reason it can't be like this all the time.
1: Right. Well, so we just should, we should make sure that people go off to the to the Outer Banks more frequently. Is that People what you're should vacation <laughs> as often as possible
0: and realize that yes, people could work remotely. So why is there ever this false sense of we have to be here now? There's none of that. That's all a lie. If the the, the pandemic should have proven that.
1: What one one of the things that I was thinking about with this is that, you know, we were sort of gradually stepping back into being more social. You know, you and I were at a, a sort of a gathering on Saturday to say goodbye to a friend who was moving to Boston, at least for the, the next academic year. And right afterwards, my wife and I, uh, we, we just we just walked down the street and went right into a restaurant and and had no problem getting a table. And I thought, oh yeah, that's right. Like August is one of the few times where <laughs> If you're in a, you know, a neighborhood that has a restaurant that's kind of hot or whatever, like you, you, most of the time you can just walk right in. That's a really, yeah. that's a good feeling, right? <laughs> yeah. And
0: uh, yes, that is a good, <laughs> um, could, I mean, when you were
1: growing up, was it anything like this was August like this vacation month? It was not, not to this extent. I feel like in DC, it's like five weeks, five solid weeks, right? From the end of end of end of July, roughly to Labor Day. Uh, I mean, you know, I had to go back to school at the end of August, like any other kid, but like a lot of people. I mean, Phoenix, there's a real premium on getting out of Phoenix in August because it's so miserable, you know, where I, where I grew up. So a lot of people went to the mountains. You know, there's two, three hour drive. You're in places like Flagstaff or Sholo or Pine Top, uh, which are really beautiful and much, much cooler than the valley. Uh, or a lot of people went to San Diego relative. I was fortunate enough to have some relatives in, in San Diego. So it it was, but not to this extent where it's almost like the entire month. I mean, that was like a week or two, but like the entire month is almost blacked out in DC, I feel like.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's wonderful. It's not like things don't happen in September, which means people were working all of August. It's just that they weren't all working at the same time in the same offices. So I don't see a reason this can't continue other than the schooling thing. The schooling thing is different. Yes, kids should go to school in person whenever applicable. But other than that, uh, there, there's no reason for this, this false sense of, uh, immediacy. None of us are, well, that's not none of us. Most of us aren't surgeons. We could do this job remotely. The, the job being most ever job, unless it's like food or surgery.
1: I feel also like the last two presidents, you know, Biden and, and Trump, you know, their, their, of course, their critics will latch on to anything that's sort of convenient or they think will will connect, you know, with uh, with people who are sympathetic to them. But like they they both got a lot of guff for being out of town as much as they did, you know, with Trump going to either Bedminster or Mar-a-Lago. Biden, you know, frequent Biden is in a little bit different situation because Delaware is so close. I yeah. mean, he, you know, he went home. Every night, uh, you know, as as a U.S. senator, uh, didn't do that as much as vice president. But you know, on the weekends, you know, on Friday, the the Marine One is headed to Joint Air Force, you know, Andrews, and and then they're off to Dover, and he's either at Rehoboth, <laughs> his his house in Rehoboth, or or in Wilmington playing golf and so forth. But I, I actually find that relatively healthy that presidents shouldn't spend all their time at the White House. President, you know, like that seems to me a fairly well adjusted thing that if you can leave. I mean, again, your whole staff goes with you. It's not like you have to – everybody has to be in the White House like 24 hours a day in order for the president to sign off on things. I don't
0: think this was the last two presidents thing. I think it's every president since Bush, too, because he liked to go clear brush, and that was a thing. And then (laughs) – it was. It was a huge thing for a long time that he dude liked to go sweat in Texas and pretend he was something that he's not. And then Obama always got gruff for – uh, having family in Hawaii, so that that's been a constant constant thing. And then the only time I think of a president that w- didn't really go on vacation that much was Bill Clinton, uh, who was the last president to have bullets fired at him while watching a college football game in the White House.
1: There's that. There's that. So that's I an mean, early
0: fall, late summer activity one could be doing: watching some college football in the house, <laughs> the White House. <laughs> Don't know really I, where I was going with that. I'm just saying it's not a completely new trend, but it's definitely the last right. 22 years.
1: Right, and. And again it's not new for presidents to be gone for you know like a decent amount of time. I mean Nixon had the Western White House uh you know in, in California and then he also had his his place in Key Biscayne uh that that he went to um you know Harry Truman had this like you know, kind of White House set up in Key West. There's these great photos of him like in a, you know, well, I mean, maybe I'm a sucker for it, but him in an Aloha shirt, you know, which he looks pretty cool. And again, the everybody's there to make all the decisions they need. And you're right. Some people, they have to be in person to do their job, surgeons, but also bartenders, you know, people like that. But yeah, maybe this is this, you know, the secret to the uh, to uh, maybe uh, the traffic problem (laughs) for one uh, in a lot of places and also just mental health. That if you can be away from, you know, the the place that creates some of the most stress for you, like maybe be away from it more often. Oh, yeah. Agreed. But
0: (laughs) it's sort of disappointing that I think that we're going to get further and further and further away from this, even though we should be doing the opposite, because like. We're in Washington, D.C., and I'd say based on what I've read is that it's one of the worst responding downtowns to the pandemic when it comes to office workers returning to the office because we realized this is not necessary. This mm-hmm. being the office itself, this office proper. Right. And, yeah, D.C. gets a lot of stuff done. Every city gets a lot of stuff done. This happens to be one that you don't need to be in a place, but uh, leases were signed. Rents must be paid. Therefore, you, worker, must be in the cubicle.
1: I I have noticed this uh, when when I've gone into the office, too. I have a sort of hybrid, you know, where I I spend a decent amount of time working out of my home office where I'm where we're podcasting from right now. Uh, For for those, this is a audio uh, medium, but there are all of my books are in the background uh, that uh, uh, um, you'd be able to see if this was on video. Maybe one day, maybe one day we'll have the technology put this on YouTube. But. Yeah, it, when you walk around downtown, it is a little bit of it, it's a little bit of a of a ghost town, and you see the some people coming back little by little. But I I wonder like for those who aren't locked into these like long term leases, it seems like anybody who could is just like yeah we don't need ten Starbucks you know within one block of each other we can make do with five. Um, are you saying that because you're against unions? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Um, I, I it, it's, and it's not just Starbucks, too. I mean, it, it's a lot of different, I mean, it's, it's, it's mom and pops. I mean, there are, I don't know how many mom and pops are left in a place like Washington because it's so expensive. I mean, it's primarily chains and the most expensive parts because of the people who uh, have access to that kind of capital. So you asked me about like what was it like for me, like when you were growing up in Chicago, uh, what was it like? I know that they, you know, Chicago, Chicago land has its sort of spots where people go whether it's door county or lake michigan what was it like for you
0: uh, it was not like this it was not no. like let's get out of town as soon as possible um, because unlike here it gets cold there so it's more like we should it's not that bad like yes you do people do go on vacation obviously but it wasn't this mass exodus like it is here and It was strange the first few years I was here, and now I'm used to it and look forward to it every year, and I understand why it's not like that, because this is the industry. Politics is the industry here. That's not going to change, and that makes it an anomaly, but uh, (laughs) I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, and uh, it's one of those things where I don't know if I'm not going to see you this weekend because you're busy in town or you're half a world away it's not a bad thing it's not a good thing it's just it's a very different thing that regardless of your socioeconomic status you will most likely be traveling this month or know have good friends that aren't in town because they are traveling not good not bad just very different and i can't think of another place in the country like this because if it's not like this it's well now we're in Alaska in the summer we're only open for 4 months here's all the tourists or we're Florida. We always have the tourists because we always have the beaches. Or we're, you see what I mean? It, or we're New York because it's New York. Whatever. Uh, this is different. And I mean, you're working on the Hill. Do you even have? You don't have class trips in August for the most part. It's like the one month where it's almost. It's like quiet. Period.
1: Yeah the 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 sort of presidential classroom and congressional tours and so forth. I mean, as they've opened back up, you know, in in the latter waves of the pandemic. Uh, it, it's more of a late spring, early summer, uh, because again, kids are going back to school, right? I mean, like they're, you know, some some classes, you know, start up next week, even uh, for depending on whether you know it's high school or college and, and, and so forth. But yeah, th- this is a slow time. I mean, it's it's a great time to walk around the Capitol uh, and get a tour because there's no competition, but you're not going to run into. Uh, a member of Congress necessarily, but what's the
0: what's the good thing about doing that? What's the good thing about running into a member of Congress? And I say that sincerely. I'm not trying to bury anybody here. I don't understand the the rational for like, oh, cool, man. Now this 12 year old gets to meet a member of Congress who's going to what? Tell him the truth about something, or what's this 12 year old going to ask that they're going to actually gain that knowledge in this short 30 second interaction?
1: Maybe yeah, I'm just and- cynical. No, it. I think. I think it's a good question to ask because, I mean, m- most of these, you know, school trips where people were a member, they they did a lot of uh, meeting meetings outside on the Capitol steps. You know, like there there isn't because one, it's hard to find an office that can accommodate like such, such a huge group. You know, as a class, uh, a big class tour or whatever. I mean, for. For kids who are like maybe interested in politics or, or whatever, I mean, it's probably going to be a thrill just because members of Congress, I mean, like for us, you know, we've been here in Washington long enough where it's like, oh, that's just a person who used to be like a jacuzzi salesman or something like that. And now they're, now they're a member representing this district. But for for somebody, you know, back in the, in the home district, it's like, oh, this is a big deal. This is the person. This is my member of Congress. This is the person who's conveying my vote. If you're, you know, sort of more optimistic and you believe in democracy, say, <laughs> so I, I think that it's, it's a little stagey, you know, it, it's like, it's kind of like meeting a, a um, you know, your favorite baseball player. They, this could be a real thrill. You could get an autograph you could have, like, get some pointers or they could be a colossal jerk. And it's funny, the lower rungs tend to be a little more fun. I think you it's know, like it anything else be- in life. Speaking of the lower rungs, you went to uh, you've you've been to some baseball games lately. Your Cubs uh, are in town, Uh, and it's also silly because I'm like,
0: yeah, they're pointless. They're bad teams, as opposed to when they're both good teams, and like I'm still not getting paid from either team. So why do I care? You're 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 paying
1: money to see them. (laughs) You're you're paying God knows how much for a beer, uh, or 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 like the ice cream of the future, Dippin' Dots, or something like that.
0: That's something that people that don't live in DC know about that. If you go to a game at Nats Park, the beer you buy in the park is this pretty much the same price as the beer you're going to find in the neighborhood. Yeah, That's how stupid expensive this city is when it comes to beer. It is. It is.
1: I've. I mean, I. I, I would. Uh, it's become less also diverse. I mean, they still have like the District Drafts, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing, but it's just as expensive. But it's hard to not get like some sort of Bud product, you know, or InBev or whatever it is, sure, sure somewhere. Yeah. And and it's also it's just these giant containers it's like a it's like you get 25 ounces
0: so no matter what you're not no matter what but you're most likely drinking not cold beer by the end of that by your second beer over with your one beer
1: right you know when you're on your 50th ounce which is just not all that appealing um so so i went to the game last night um you know uh you were at the game on monday night like the nationals won on monday the cubs won last night in 11 innings I, you're right like it may it may be kind of pointless like but it was a it was actually a good game last night i mean the to me i i, I thought like both teams played fairly well for the talent level like nobody's going to win a cy young award uh, who was pitching last night uh, no one's going to uh, compete for a batting title this year but you know they some people made dumb mistakes but it's actually like it was fun to watch oh, yeah, these two yeah.
0: teams I, I've <laughs> been thinking about what's more fun because I also like the White sox Is it more fun to have a slightly underperforming team that's like on the bubble of making the playoffs the entire year or a team like the, intense, <laughs> like the White sox or a team that's rebuilding that's actively rebuilding like the Cubs and I'm still gonna go with the white sox are way more fun I'd rather have that almost in the playoffs the entire year hovering right or, like two games above 500 than even though the Cubs have like a way brighter future. If you go like wide view, it's a silly newish sports thing to even think about. We're just not competing every year. Uh, but yes, it's those August games of two teams that are one of the worst in baseball and one of the worst in baseball because it's still a
1: bunch of people trying to get a job. And and also, even as bad as they are, they're still competing at levels that. Neither you and I could ever approach. Yeah, the no, they're all, <laughs> <us>. <laughs> they're all better than us. They're all better than us. Even even the yeah the twenty one year old shortstop we started this week, CJ Abrams, who we got in the Juan Soto trade for the Nationals. You know, like the uh, pick pick somebody on on Chicago, uh, Nico Horner, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. he's he's a pretty good player. I mean, he's not going to be an all star anytime soon. But yeah, these are all what is
0: it a have Mike become an all-star? He uh, clearly on the next team, but still, like, there isn't Contreras is still a Cub. It's still worth the time, and also it helps that it's like perfect weather. And yes, uh, global warming is real, and the city was like unbearable for a, like a month straight. So this is the first now, and now, week. And it now seems, it's not. Yeah, it's been it seventy. Nice.
1: Yeah, seventy degrees at night. Um, <laughs> so, b- and before we let baseball go, I, I, I mean, neither one of us is a Mets fan, but. What do you, I mean, th- there's been a lot of like social media, you know, sort of chatter and, and reactions about Edwin Diaz and his, uh, you know, sort of entrance. Uh, this is the you know uh, reliever for the Mets, and when he comes in, the the sort of crew at the Mets, you know, but they everybody has a you know walk up song or a song that they come to the mound on, and his is Narco, and but it's this like production. <laughs> uh almost like something that you would see in like a wrestling match right which you know a little bit about i mean yeah that's what what's i mean this is but this is like can you think of a more certainly there have been baseball players who are more over the top somebody like you know uh the mad hungarian al harbatsky or or you know turk wendell with all his twitches and shark teeth necklaces and so forth oh didn't Uh, he also hop over the third baseline Yes. Yeah. So there's, there's quirky players, but like Diaz is like combines a quirkiness with this crazy production number. <laughs> like what, were you, what did you think of, about this? Cause this is a relatively new thing, you know, for, for baseball as they try to, I don't know. I mean, Is it a new thing? That, I mean, I feel like Scott Allen wrote about this in the post. It's almost like, rick vaughn coming on to wild thing in major league didn't mitch williams actually come on to wild things I, th- I think he did yeah for the phillies yeah,
0: so before he gave up a, a world series ending homer to joe carter yeah dude for was from the cubs in 89 he blew that series and he blew the phillies anyways yeah that's what i'm saying this is like 30 years old but uh the difference is wild thing and enter salmon aren't specifically about illegal drugs right <laughs> That's what sets Diaz apart. <laughs> that come on. Like that's that should be the entire story. Not the fact that like dude likes entries. Everyone, specifically relievers have good wow. entry music. Bobby Jenks had great reliever music in that 5 White Sox World Series season. Like, not a new thing whatsoever. The difference is it's like we are embracing something that Breaking Bad was trying to tell us was a bad thing.
1: <laughs> yes. I agree um, th- this, this does seem a little bit different, you know, to actually have a, uh, a you know, a, a narco ballad uh, playing as your, as your song, but Hey, you know, we, it narco. we, we, <laughs> we, uh, we escalate. we tend to escalate uh, in our, uh, in, in, in our entertainment. Um, I, the thing that is such a weird contrast to, to the, to Diaz is coming on. Is that is another thing that makes me think of August baseball, and particularly if your team's out of it, is that years ago this this was right after City Field opened, you know, maybe a couple of years afterward, and a, a, one of their one of the Mets relievers they were out of it. It was this hopeless game, and there were so few people. I was for some reason I was watching this telecast. Maybe it was they were playing the Nats or something, but there were so few people in the ballpark that you could hear some of the chatter from from like pick the, the cameras and the, and the microphones were picking up um, from like the bullpen. And so they are nice. putting, yeah, they're putting in Jonathan Rauch, you know, he, he starts to jog in from, from the bullpen uh, to take over and, and again, like sort of a meaningless game. Right. And you could hear somebody in the stands at city field, say, you know, as they announced Rauch, somebody in the field said, Oh, no. (laughs) And those are the sort of things you get in August baseball, in in quote-unquote meaningless baseball games, is you get that sort of interaction.
0: (laughs) Uh, I don't know how they mic up Nat's Park, but I can tell you how they used to mic up and probably still mic up Wrigley Field, which is they just have microphones hanging down uh, into the stands. And it's like every 50 feet or so. So even on busy games, you can hear the good uh, beer vendors and if you go enough, you actually know the dude, like, personally. And you'll, you'll be like, I heard that guy at a White Sox game. And it's because the Sox and the Cubs play. Uh, There's only, like, four games a year where it's the same. They're both day games or something like that. So you'll be able to hear the exact same guy uh, at a Cubs game and a White Sox game the entire baseball season. And that's a nice, <laughs> that's a nice very stupid, <laughs> only-in-baseball thing. You're not going to hear that from any vendors in the NHL, NBA, or NFL.
1: I mean there there is something that's a little more slow, lazier, more in touch and you know close contact with you know, with baseball than I would differ. I'd say baseball is the least in touch of all the sports. Not not in touch like I'm I'm talking about with the, f- the fans in their interaction with Once like, again, What's again disagree. Going on around them. Ever since yeah? the
0: netting went up which is probably for a good thing, I think it's less than hockey
1: and NBA I mean, in hockey, you literally get people smashing up against the wall. <laughs> no, Yeah,
0: no one's diving into the crowd anymore in baseball. And that used to be at, like, every game, pretty much. And now it's gone. And that's a huge part of the game. And I understand why. I'm not trying to turn back the clock here. But the NBA has gotten closer and closer and better and better. And it's more fun. And uh, it's one of the many reasons baseball's screwing up. I'm not trying to be negative. I like baseball, blah, 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 blah.
1: No, me too. And, and uh, that's another, uh, perhaps another uh, podcast. Uh, that one, one of the, as they started Extra Innings, uh, the, there were some folks uh, in, in our section uh, who were grousing about the, you know, the, the free runner you get at the beginning of Extra Innings. And somebody was saying, man, fraud, as in, you know, Manfred, the commissioner who nobody likes, who's come up with some of these uh, changes. But that's a podcast for another time. Before we go, got anything fun coming up or are you just you're just in, in for the for the long haul of August now in the in the in the dog days in in our in our fair city here in D.C.? So I don't really care about the superhero stuff,
0: but uh, I am very interested in the Michael Keaton Batman of it all. Mm-hmm. And do you know about the, Like he's in the new Flash film.
1: Yes, uh, in the new Flash film, and also in the uh, canceled Batgirl uh, movie. Yeah. <laughs> the, so,
0: the, hear me out. Flash movie canceled because of Ezra Klein's be- not it's not Ezra Klein.
1: No, that's he Ezra- works for. He works for the New York Times.
0: <laughs> that's Ezra the Miller. The New York Times is Ezra Klein's behavior, and they might can't, <laughs> Ezra they might Miller. Can't, no, 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 no. I got it right, and now. There's a, I love this idea that like b- bad behavior could be like the bad behavior of modern stars is the one thing that could end nostalgia. I'm in a weird, I'm like in a weird way hopeful. I love Michael Keaton. I, I think he's a great Batman. Um, that's, I don't think that's a controversial statement, but the one thing that might be making me interested in this one film, the whole film might be taken away and like, there's no way around it. They can't recast the entire movie reshoot the entire movie with a new dude it's just too expensive it's fa- I don't know why I'm so fascinated by this I feel like this relates to Cheney somehow Liz Cheney and <laughs> <Trump>. <laughs> I mean, is, is there irony in the fact that like the last guy that stole an election's daughter is now trying to prevent this guy from being president again like I feel like that has something to do with Batman and Ezra Klein I don't know how that's where my head is at
1: I, I will look forward to your column and recommend if you like about this once it's You're all. You're saying no one else would because, want to publish that, <laughs> like uh, string theory, BS? Yes. Uh, I'm. I I don't know. I'm. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that that Michael Keaton reprised his role as Batman in two movies that might never see the light of day, Batgirl, yeah. which was canceled for whatever reason, because Warner brothers wants to take a big tax write off or whatever. Um, I mean, the movie was done. They were, yeah. they were starting to screen it, you know, for test audiences and they just pulled the plug on it and said, it'll never see the light of day. Like, like the Roger Corman fantastic four. But that did but that's the thing that did see the light of day. Didn't it? It finally did. Yeah. You can usually watch, you can usually find a copy on YouTube somewhere. Have you ever seen the day the clown died or clown cried, the Jerry Lewis one? I have not seen that. No, that's Uh, the last of the, that's the Holy grail still. Right. Uh, I feel like there's something else. There's, I I don't know if Gilliam finally got all of the, um, all the stuff out on the Don Quixote movie. Um, that's a little different
0: though. I mean, I don't, I'm not, okay, listen, I can't, I'm not an expert here. I don't think that's about the Holocaust.
1: No, it is not. <laughs> it is. It is not like the the yeah the day the clown cried uh, the, the the Jerry Lewis movie. That's and I think part of it is that Lewis had such control over that that he was able to bury it himself. You know, it, it wasn't left up to a studio because even like Orson Welles, you know, lost movie the the wind thing or whatever that that's out. But that that was more of a like boyhood link ladder. I'm filming
0: this forever. I never finished this yes. thing. Right, this, right. Th- that's that's the major difference. Finally, I know this. I, this sounds like it doesn't all tie together, but um, to me, it does. Salman Rushdie, to my knowledge, never uh, talked about cancel culture, right?
1: No, because I think he he would have been like, yeah, <laughs> he would have right? been the guy you know who was like, like the the Iranians are trying to cancel me. Yeah. Um, so
0: that and, uh, so that's uh that makes me realize uh, it proves my point that that's not a thing. Cancel it's all BS. Right. And so when people now are going to decry Batgirl for not coming out or Flash not coming out or Liz Cheney, none of that's cancel culture. These are all just decisions other people made. It's not cancel culture. That's not a thing.
1: Business decisions.
0: Anyways, cool. I'll be on the Joe Rogan show. Um, he's a cool dude. <laughs> We're going to joke, do DMT everybody. in a chamber together and <laughs> pretend women are that, bad or something. I don't
1: know, man. I think we have a lot to tie together here, but... But we, we are we running out of time. <laughs> <all the> time. <laughs> this is this is the perfect, this is the start perfect it together, buddy. <laughs> uh th- this is this is actually about what I uh thought because I, I mean again, this this maybe proves, you know, the point that August is this weird time. Is you can have we can have discussions like that. Summon Russia getting
0: stabbed in the neck slash eye. That's
1: that's what makes it a surviving weird time. too. Surviving. At that age. Yeah. That's I mean, that is one tough dude. Um, science has caught he, up. That he dodged, dodged the Iranians, you know, for thirty plus years, and then at seventy five, you know, they, they, you know, somebody tried to get him. Whether regardless of where that dude came from, the twenty, and he got to date Padma Lakshmi for like a long time. That's pretty cool. Her shows are good. Padma's shows are good. I, I am, I am not, I'm not. You don't watch don't Top know. Chef? No, I don't. I've I've watched like I've watched a few episodes, but nothing like the no, no, none of the binge watching or it's, it's beautiful. Nothing
0: TV where if you want to be engrossed and learn something, you can, and if you just want to see people practice their craft at a high level, you can. It's wonderful. And her travel show, her her version of Birdane is good too on Hulu.
1: Well, there we go. And I'm glad Selma's recovering. Yes, <laughs> that's a weird More, thing to say. <laughs> and it's a good one. Uh, it's a good one to end on too. Like we've got we've got. Baseball, good TV, bad TV, everything. Thanks for riffing with me. Honestly. I appreciate. It. <laughs> Put Pete Rose in the Hall of
0: Fame. All of them. Baseball. He should be in the TV Hall of Fame. He's Hey man, him, him during the World Series in 2016 was one of the highlights. And you're saying that as a as a Cubs fan too. All right. Well, they won. So. Right. That's but that, but that
1: Pete Rose is the highlight. for being one of the highlights. I also
0: like yeah. Joe Buck before that World Series. So, like, maybe I'm the outlier here. Maybe I'm the only true judge of character. <laughs> I'm sure that is it. That's if anything, that's what I want to go out on. If Fox learns one thing from this season's uh, Field of Dreams broadcast, spend however much money you need to bring Joe Buck back to the MLB booth on Fox because uh, he is sorely lacking, and the replacement is not good. And he's been carrying John Smoltz's water for too long. Bring Joe Buck back. He's busy doing football. I get it. But still. From from the mouth of wisdom. All that's gonna get cut.
1: All that's gonna get <laughs> <be> cut. <laughs> I don't know. i am feeling I'm feeling expansive in this. Uh so we'll uh, are you doing we'll, the editing? Well, uh, it's it's usually Alan does the editing. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I, you know, but uh Alan, I don't Alan, think we, we should. I'm just saying it's easier to keep it in than to cut it out. Alan, I, I'm I'm all for it. Let's keep it in. This will be the expansive cut. It'll be like Apocalypse Apocalypse Now Redux of August Recess podcasts.
0: You do with the Snyder version, man. You call it the Snyder cut. That's not problematic
1: at all. No, not in Washington. Not with its football team.
0: All oh, I right. didn't even go there. That's good. <laughs> what a what a what a cool dude. What a cool yeah. dude. I just want to Have be you. on a, a cool boat with that guy. He's got a lot of boats overseas. <laughs> Too busy to talk. He's just a cool dude that everyone wants to be like. Everyone wants to play for his team. Everyone wants to use that shipping service. That name, oh, just a cool, coolest guy in all sports. Maybe the world. Let's run him. He should run. I don't care what party. I'm voting for that guy. Cool dudes. Cool dudes party, headed by that as,
1: guy. As, as Alan put in the chat, this will be for uh for with known as the Weatherby cut. So here we go. Dan Snyder, cool dude. cool <laughs> Coolest dude. Commanders but, of cool. That is going to do it for this episode of Theater, to Theater Brand. The thank, thank you very much, Brandon. <laughs> and thank you for listening. We cool will dudes. see you after a short break when we return in September.